We have this rare opportunity right now. There has never been a time like this before where we've been able to so easily share our voices with the world. And the planet is going through an enormous struggle and an enormous transformation right now. It's my belief that the best way forward is for each of us to find our purpose, to share our passions, and to communicate with each other so that we can amplify what we love, who we love, and those voices that need to be elevated. We turn up the volume. This isn't just another course. This is a community that will take you to the next level. You'll be guided to launch your own podcast and distribute it so that the entire world can hear it. This isn't just launching a podcast, my friends. This is about using the power of your voice to amplify what you love. Hey, what's up, everyone? Thanks for tuning in to Be On Air. I'm your host, Kaylee Marks. If you're an entrepreneur, coach, author, or have a brand and are trying to grow your business, or even if you just have a message to share, then this show is for you. We are sharing proven blueprints to amplify yourself, and we'll discuss every step of the podcaster's journey to give you the mindset, tools, and community that you need to launch and grow your own impactful podcasting platform so that you can be on air. Before we get into today's episode, if you haven't already, please subscribe. And if you're enjoying the show, please consider sharing this podcast with someone who might benefit from it. Your support helps so much. Thanks for tuning in. Let's get started. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Beyond Air. I'm your host, Kaylee Marks. And today we're talking with Patrick McAndrew, host of Relate Podcast. And he's an actor, podcast producer, and tech philosopher, which I'm really interested to talk to him about this stuff. Um, Today, we're going to be going over some useful tips and tools, how you could employ maybe some improv techniques, some acting techniques to improve your podcasting, your interviewing. But we're also going to follow him on his journey uh, to launch his podcast, to go through some different changes in brand and whatnot. So let's dive in. Hey, Patrick, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for being here, man. I'm very excited to be here. Thanks so much for asking me to be on the show. I think it's great what you're doing, uh, creating a podcast to help out other podcasters. I know both you and I being podcasters ourselves, it's always great to dive into a conversation about it. So I'm, I'm really happy to be here. Yeah, thanks so much. One of the things you bring to the table is is a deep appreciation for connection and community, and I've I've felt that even through the internet uh, with you. So I'm I'm excited to dive more into your work. Could you tell us a little bit about what you're up to in the world? Yeah, absolutely. So I have my hand in a couple different buckets. Uh, so I live in New York City, and primarily I work as both an actor and a podcast producer. So as an actor, I act in primarily plays, short films. I went to school for acting. That's really what was my main pursuit. Uh, 
And shortly after I moved to New York and got to know people and really started to put down my roots in the city, I entered in the podcasting space. I created a podcast called uh, Relate, which uh, originally had a different name, but then I rebranded. We could get into that a little bit later and created a podcast all about the importance of human connection and building deep and meaningful relationships, specifically in our day and age where we're very hyper-focused into the online world. We're always looking down at our screens and especially now, given the COVID situation, we spend all of our time online. And so this podcast is really about the importance of connecting with one another. And that's something that really appealed to me about podcasting was the opportunity to be able to dive into deeper and more meaningful relationships with people and to build connections. And I had noticed in my own work that it really led to a lot of great networking opportunities that led me to meet a wide variety of different types of people. And so with that, I started helping out some people, either individuals or small companies, start their own podcasts as well as a means to really expand their networks and connect either with their employees or connect with their audiences. So those have been my primary pursuits at the moment, but I also, I I call myself a, a tech philosopher because this is an aspect of me that is also very prevalent. I work in this very emerging field, very new field called digital wellness or or mindful tech, where it's really a matter of educating people on how to use our technology more mindfully and how to establish practices and habits so that we are not consumed by tech or social media, or all the things that, that fall under that in our daily lives. And so originally, a few years ago, I had entered into this industry. I had written a show about this topic, a one-man show. And then from there, I had a, a blog, a small business where I would coach people on their communication skills, on their listening skills. I would speak at events occasionally as well. And as I started meeting people in this world, meeting other coaches and other speakers, I began thinking about, okay, well, well, what what can I do that is going to bring something different to the table? How can I tap into my experiences and my innate talents to be able to talk about these issues that are very prevalent in our world today? And so with that said, I made a pivot to starting the podcast, starting Relate, and to really assess in my work, okay, how can I talk about these ideas through creative mediums? So whether that be creating a podcast, whether it be creating a one-man show or a play or perhaps a short film. So that's really where I'm at in my career right now is really figuring out new and innovative ways to discuss the topic of mindful tech and the impact that technology has on the way that we think, on our social behaviors, on our social interactions. So I know that was a long-winded answer, uh, but it's definitely been a discovery process and it's, it's been an exciting journey thus far. It sounds like we're, we're playing with a double-edged sword with technology, right? You, in one hand, you have the ability to connect with anyone on the planet at any time of day 
And on the other hand, you have social media that are, you know, these, as we know from the social dilemma that just came out on Netflix, the websites that we use are designed to it make us addicted to using them, basically. And so uh, hearing this part about digital wellness is really intriguing. I think as content creators, as di- you know, media marketers, anything, we are constantly on the screen, constantly on our phone, um, and it gives us the illusion of connection. And sometimes, like right now, we're actually talking, so it does give us connection, but it comes with a price. And so I'd be so interested in diving into more about that. Um, but real quick, with Relate with the podcast, how long ago did you start it? Um, if you wouldn't mind sharing, like, where are you at with it now? What episode number are you at? And what are some of the best things that have happened as a result of starting the podcast? Yeah, absolutely. So I've been on my podcasting journey for, I guess, a little over a year and a half I started in the spring of 2019. And really, uh, originally when I had started the podcast, it was through talking to my audience at the moment. I had created a small audience of people who had followed my work through a blog that I was doing at the time. And I'd ask them, what are you guys looking for? What would be valuable to everybody to continue retaining this information? And a lot of them said a podcast, and a podcast was something that I was always very interested in doing. But like a lot of us who start podcasts, there's always a bunch of excuses as to why you don't begin. But eventually, I I decided I was going to put those aside, and I was just going to start. And when I started my podcast, I really was kind of bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. There was it, it had this underlying theme of being about uh, the uh, about relationships and about really the impact that technology has on us and our relationships, but it wasn't uh, as focused as I'm you know, continuing to to get it. Uh, so I originally started the podcast doing two episodes per week. I'd release an episode every Tuesday and Thursday. And then about a year after doing the podcast, so this is going back to spring of this year, I decided to do a whole rebranding. I was uh, approaching my 100th episode and was just trying to figure out ways in which I could reach people more effectively, how I could get this message out there more clearly. So that's when I ended up, I changed the the name to Relate. I changed the cover art as well. And what's great about this is that sometimes when people create a podcast, they're, one, they, they're afraid that, okay, they're stuck with that forever. But what's great is that with, with changing these things, you still have your whole bat, backlog and archive of episodes that will carry with you to the next whatever iteration of the podcast that you're doing. And so then I I created this podcast, uh, and now the primary focus of it is specifically about our relationships and our relationships to each other and to technology. Whereas before, it was, I wanted it to be about that, but I was very all over the place with talking about a wide variety of different types of things. The, The podcast lacked the focus that it needed. But with that said, to go back to your your question, some of the most, I guess, beneficial things that happened for me while starting this podcast, I think the biggest thing has just been the people that I've met. Either people who 
have listened to the podcast that I didn't know before who we then got connected because they listened to the podcast. So whether it was through my audience or whether it's through the guests that I had on the show, something that I think is a very powerful tool tool with podcasting is that it's a win-win situation for all the parties involved. When you have somebody on your podcast, they are promoting or rather you're promoting their work. You're giving them a platform to be able to talk about their, their dreams and ambitions and the work that they've done thus far, much like you're doing for me on this podcast today, which is great. And then on the flip side too, the, as the host, it's a win for you because you're getting to meet someone new that you might not have known otherwise. You're getting to meet somebody who, if you didn't have the platform of the podcast, you might not have had the opportunity to talk with them. So I've been very fortunate to have some amazing guests on my show. And a big reason why was because it was this platform for them to talk about their work and to showcase their work as well. So I think there are a lot of great benefits that come from podcasting, but by far the the element of meeting new people and being able to network at a higher level has been the, the greatest benefit for me. Absolutely. I think that the container that it provides, right, the focus time to have a conversation to try and you know, if you just have a conversation with a stranger, it could be good, but there, there's no facilitation of the topics and of the value and who's going to hear it. And I think that the very nature of the podcast interview helps to invoke and evoke um, quality content. So that's really huge. And it sounds like you've been on quite a journey with the rebrand and narrowing the, the focus down. And, and I think that's a huge lesson, which is we can change. So just start, get your show out and know that it's probably going to change no matter how much you think about it. And then two, um, the, the importance and value of at least having some sort of repeatable uh, format or, or content style so that your audience is kind of tracking with you. And maybe, it, maybe if it's too all over the place, uh, it could not help us grow an audience. Would you say that's true? I would say to a certain extent, yes. It's important not to be too all over the place. I wasn't necessarily all over the place with regards to the structure. It was more so the content that I was talking about and something that I'm always still trying to hone in on. And But I think it is important to establish some sort of routine with your listeners. I think that we humans, we really enjoy routine. We We thrive on routine and we like being able to have a sense of what an episode is going to be like before we tune in. Now, that's not to say that podcast hosts can't have different types of episodes, but what's important is that if they have different types of episodes to establish that routine. So maybe on Monday, they interview a guest, and then on Wednesday, they have a solo episode or something like that. And then every week, it's that same routine. So I think that podcast hosts could get creative and kind of diversify the types of episodes that they're having if they want to do that. I don't think it's necessarily a requirement, but I do think that there is a lot of value in having some sort of standard routine in how you present your episodes, the content of your episodes, and then also how you release your episodes as well. Absolutely. Yeah, totally agree there. 
Um, so, all right. So you went through this rebrand and you are here now. What are some uh, tips that you would, if you could go back in time and and share with yourself, what are some tips you'd give yourself to, you know, have an even better launch or even smoother uh, growth process? That's a great question. I would say definitely be very focused on one thing, maybe a second secondary related thing to to what that primary thing is. I think that it's human nature to have a wide variety of different types of interests and to want to explore those interests as well. And I think that happened with me. I think that I was just very excited to be able to explore a wide variety of different topics. And even though I always tried to bring it back to some form of overall theme that connected the episodes together, it was difficult. And so that's one thing that I would say is that when you're starting a podcast, to be very clear as to what the podcast is about And also be very clear about who your audience is and who you're serving when you're creating a podcast. Something that I've really have discovered over the past year and a half, and I think even more so over the past couple months, is that the podcast is not necessarily about you. It's not even necessarily about the guests that you're having on the show, but it's about your audience. And that, that this was something that you had said before we started recording, which was very important, is that you want to be mindful or, you know, for this interview, want to be mindful of who's tuning in, why you want to talk about certain things, why you want to cover certain things, because you have the audience in mind. And I think that's also something that's very important. Now, you have a lot of podcasters out there who are hobbyists, who are making podcasts about certain topics that they just love and are very passionate about. And I think passion is definitely an important part of starting a podcast, but you have those people out there who are just focused on that. And I think that's fine if that's your intention, but if your intention is to grow an audience, to create a following, if you're wanting to create a podcast that is going to be your platform for what you want to say, it's important to really direct the content to the audience. And so that would be another thing that I would say as well is to really keep your audience in mind when you're starting a podcast and as you continue to evolve and create more and more content over time. Absolutely. That is gold advice. Um, Knowing our audience, knowing what they want, what they need, what they're thinking about is going to give us not only so many ideas for content, but it's going to help us with that connection with them. So like right now, I'm talking to you in your ear, maybe you're driving, maybe you're washing the dishes, who knows, going for a jog. And I'm, I have to be mindful of that in everything from how I record the audio to how we've structured the episode to what, you know, why are you still tuning in? What's the, what's the benefit for you? So thinking about all these things ahead of time uh, definitely sets us up for success. So thanks for sharing that. I mean, there's no, uh, there's no shortcut for experience, but when we get to talk to people who've been down that road, it's so helpful. So I really appreciate that tip. I'm curious about pivoting over to uh, some tangible, maybe like improv or acting skills that could support a podcast host in either um, 
building rapport or, or having fun with their guest or even just like how that could help them with memorizing or writing their script. Is there anything that comes to mind that we could bring in from acting into podcasting that could support us? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I think a big reason why I'm so passionate about all of these things, specifically acting, podcasting, and then the tech philosophy is that at the heart of all of them is a connection to humanity and really connecting with our fellow human beings and really nurturing relationships. And so there's a lot of people out there who I'm sure want to start a podcast, but they might feel like they're not super personable or maybe they're not a people person, but they just have something to say. And so to any of you listening out there, I would highly recommend taking an improv class. What's great about improv is that it allows you and forces you in a lot of ways to step outside of your comfort zone, to be silly, and to just go out there and try something even if you don't know what's going to happen, and also being okay to fail. I think that what improv does is that it exercises these muscles within ourselves that are so critically important when engaging in a new type of project. So whether it is a hyper sense of focus, whether it is actively listening to scene partners, or in the case of podcasting, listening to our guests as a host or as a guest listening to our host, whether it is being aware of our surroundings and just being in tune with what's happening around us. I cannot uh, recommend this enough for people. And what's great too is through the improv classes I've taken primarily, and while yes, I've, I've have a lot of actor training as well, there's a lot of people who take improv who are not really interested in being performers. They'll a lot of times take it to improve their communication skills, to improve how they conduct business. It really is amazing to see people from many different walks of life enter into an improv class and then seeing what they take from it as they leave. I think especially when it comes to podcasting, practices in improv, or even if you're taking an acting class, it really allows you to analyze, okay, how am I communicating a message? How am I communicating more so than a message, a story? How am I telling a story in my podcast in a way that is going to be easily understood and digested by the audience? And that's something you have to do all the time when you're doing improv, because if you go out there and there's no story arc to what you're performing, the audience will be completely lost. And so, especially in improv, you need to make those things up off the spot. Now, in podcasting, I definitely recommend preparing beforehand, uh, depending on the type of podcast that you're doing. And that's also where, where acting skill sets could really come into play. As an actor, when you're performing, whether it's on stage or in a film as a character, you have to do a lot of preparation before that performance. A lot of that is the relationship and communication you have with the director of the, the play or the film. But a lot of that too is your own work in dissecting, okay, who's this character? 
What is their objective in a certain scene? What is their background? Where are they coming from? What has shaped this character to be who they are? It really comes to analyzing a script and to go what I said before, analyzing the story arc of the script. When you're so podcast, are you saying, if yeah. I could just clarify real quick, are you saying that um, some of those acting skills of getting inside the character or getting inside the story helps us get inside our guest's life and our guest story? I think to a certain degree, yes, in that way. And then also getting into host mode, getting into the, the seat of, of playing the host when you're doing a podcast. Because when you're a host, you really have to be on top of it. You have to be on top of the questions that you're asking. You need to do your research ahead of time to, in a lot of ways, figure out the character of the person, the guests that you're having on the show. And I think mostly, probably the biggest thing across the board, I mentioned this briefly when talking about improv, is the listening. I think that if you're not listening when you're acting, when you're in a film or, or on stage, the audience is going to be able to notice that and it will seem very inauthentic. It'll seem very contrived. And it's the same way when you're doing a podcast, even if you're doing an interview and you can't see one another and it's just audio, being very in tune with what the guest is saying and then being able to translate that for the audience, kind of like what you were just saying, asking me for some clarity and how I was talking about. It's those sort of things that are so important when you're podcasting and you can only do those things when you're listening. And so that would be my biggest takeaway when it comes to my improv and, and acting background is the the listening aspect. As a podcaster, I, I mean, I don't have to tell you this, but it is really amazing how much listening goes into podcasting. And that skill set is so important to kind of go talking about like what we were saying earlier about the technology. It's so easy to get distracted. So being able to really stay focused and listen t- to what the person is saying is such a, a valuable insight. So I, w- I would tell anybody out there to take an improv class, even take a, a an intro to acting class or a, a basics class. I'm a firm believer that you'll walk away with valuable tools. I totally agree with you. And just to break it down for anyone who has no idea what improv is, my partner surprised me with this incredible date where we just showed up at a comedy club and they were doing uh, some free improv classes. So you might be able to find some free improv classes in your community. And, you know, we started warming up with some different rhythm games where it, it really is an exercise of your creativity and of brainstorming and of getting out of our own way and allowing ideas to come out without trying to stop them. And there's this moment, this uncomfortable moment of where it's like almost, I'm afraid of letting just whatever come out. Right. It's it's exactly that little switch that we have to flip so that we can allow these great ideas to come out. And then this part that you're talking about listening is so fascinating to me because one of the improv games that I loved was we're passing a clap, right? And we're passing oh, a clap yes. on it's rhythm. A classic, yeah. It's a classic. You have to look at each other in the eyes and you have to communicate purely with body language and your eyes. And so you start to break apart communication, get rid of the words and go into something way more primal. And it just tunes you into other people. And like the act of listening 
is being receptive to someone else's message and really ensuring that you're getting what that message is. And so I, I feel like your tips are so valuable and I, I second that. Like You will not regret it. It may push you up against a growth edge of you know being seen and, and communicating with other people, but it is so valuable. And I'm kind of curious, what would you say the difference is uh, with an acting class and how, how are they the same, but then how are they different? So the biggest differences that you'll see in an acting class versus an improv class is that in an acting class, there will be a lot more emphasis on character. I shouldn't say that there's not an emphasis on character and improv because there is in a sense. However, in an acting class, it's much more diving into very more specific details on who this character is on who this person is, what their role is in the story, and also the prep work that goes into preparing a performance before it's actually executed. It's a different type of process than improv, where improv, it is all on the spot. It's all spontaneous. Yes, in a lot of ways, as an improv artist before a show, you might have improv rehearsal every week. and in improv rehearsal, you're not rehearsing what's going to be performed. You're rather rehearsing the structure and you're rehearsing uh, how, how the show is going to be executed as opposed to what is being said in the show. And I love, too, how you were talking about the, the different games. There, there's so many different improv games out there they're, and they're all amazing in their own way. But what's interesting is that in improv, there's obviously a lot of talking that takes place. There's a lot of, uh, you know, pr- performance and, and, and a lot of setting up the scene through, through speech, but so many improv games don't involve any speech at all. So I, I love that you brought that up because at the heart of it, it is about listening. Yeah, yeah, I love that. And I think it could really help people. I've noticed some new podcasters, you kind of mentioned it, if you think you don't have maybe a, you're, you're maybe you're not a people person, or maybe you, you don't like the sound of your voice, or you don't like your delivery, or you're nervous when yeah, I know one of my roadblocks, I'll just be I'll give an example for myself, I sat down trying to do my intro. This was probably like nine months ago. Oh, that was painful. I was like, what the heck am I doing? I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what I'm talking about. Like, it was so vulnerable. And I don't think that's true. I think I know what I'm doing. I think I know what I'm talking about. But it's a, it's a vulnerable thing. And I feel like I actually went to improv after that. Going to improv or doing any of these kinds of acting uh, exercises can just, it's like doing yoga or it's doing an exercise. It's warming up the muscles and it's its giving us some tools that'll give us the ability to think quick on our feet, which is so needed. And you touched on one point that I loved, which is like, we have to be present as a host or as a guest. We need to be really present so that A, you might stop talking all of a sudden, right? So you're giving an answer, then you might stop talking. And I have to understand what everything you just said and either follow my curiosity down a new direction or into something you said or pivot to a new question. And if I'm spacing out, it'll be obvious, right? And same as a guest. So I think that just that present-based listening skill that you mentioned is so valuable. And it's not something that's often talked about. Everyone's like, oh, you need this mic and you know, you need a good intro with call to actions. And that's all true. But that's all true surrounding good content. And that good content is probably going to come from human connection. So if you could tell us a little bit about, you know, relate what 
it's thematic, its themes are human connection and the importance of that. So could we get into a little bit of that and, uh, and maybe, you know, dive into the digital wellness side of that? Cause I'm sure they're related. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, as I mentioned previously, relate is all about the importance of human connection and relationships, specifically in the age of technology. These episodes that I put out there that I, I produce for my audience and for any new people who may be interested in the show, it's primarily aimed at people who are looking to engage deeper with the people in their lives, whether it's people who are feeling lonely, whether they're feeling isolated, specifically in our time today. That was a big reason why I had started into this work. I have a lot of close friends, very close with my family, very fortunate in that way. But I had noticed that when cell phones were out and present, or I guess more specifically smartphones, that conversations wouldn't go nearly as deep. That Really, if I, if I was trying to engage with someone or open up to someone and a cell phone came out and someone was answering a message or they were looking at a notification, whenever that happens, that scale of kind of going in depth, it always brings you back to the shallow end. And you kind of have to start over, to use like a, a pool analogy, you have to start over swimming back into the deep end. And that takes a lot of work and a lot of energy. So that was a big reason why I started this podcast. And it's a big reason why I'm so drawn to podcasting, because unlike a lot of other forms of media, you are engaging in a conversation. And oftentimes over a prolonged period of time, whether it's for 30 minutes, 45 minutes, 60 minutes, two hours, whatever it may be. And so Relate is all about the importance of having these kind of conversations. In a world that could sometimes feel very divided, it's so crucially important that we find what connects us, what relates us to one another. I'm a big believer that, yes, it's important to celebrate differences, and to acknowledge differences. But I'm a big believer that we have a lot more similarities than we do differences. And if we could see that and acknowledge that and notice it in one another, it would really do us a big service in bringing the world closer together and and closer together in, in peace and in harmony. And there's a lot of love and fulfillment to be found in that. So how that relates to the, the digital wellness piece of it all and how I kind of tie that into the podcast as well is that these devices, while there's a long list of positives that come with it, like meeting amazing people online, if it weren't for the online world, you and I probably wouldn't have met and we probably wouldn't be having this conversation right now as, as you had mentioned earlier. So there's a lot of good things that come with it. There's also a lot of things that you could learn online. There's YouTube can teach you so many different things and there's online classes and just a wide variety of different information out there that is at our fingertips that can really be used in a positive way. So I say that because I, what I'll say next, I, I want listeners to know that I also have the positives in mind. But while it's important to acknowledge the positives, it's also important to acknowledge the negatives and to notice, okay, 
how is this affecting the way that we live and interact with one another? For those of you out there who have watched The Social Dilemma just came out recently, as, as Kaylee had mentioned, they talk a lot about how the news feeds, the social media feeds, they show you the information that you want to see, that you're accustomed to see. And because of that, people get this warped view of what the world is based on their own confirmation bias. And it's going to be completely different from what someone else is going to be seeing. And so because of that, there's a lot of this misinformation out there that really gets skewed and and confused. And we start to see one another as enemies, even if we have different political ideologies or different religious beliefs. At the end of the day, at least I believe we're not enemies. And what technology does, it's just the way that it's designed. I don't think there's a master villain behind all this saying like, oh, I'm going to tear apart the world or, or things like that. But it's, it's important to acknowledge that there are some critical flaws in the design of technology that is really altering the way in which people view the world, in which they view others, and in which they view themselves. So what's, with all of that said, it's important to engage in conversation and relationships with people from a variety of different backgrounds, from different walks of life, to really develop a a deeper and more meaningful understanding of the world. When it comes to digital wellness, it's about educating yourself on those things. And I'm still trying to do that. The learning never stops. So it's about learning those things, but then also putting practices in place that are going to teach you okay, I need to take a break from my technology. I need to go out and do something more tangible that's outside of the screen. That's, you know, going kind of going back to the podcast, that's a big reason why it's all about relationships and conversation because there's a tangibleness to that that's very real and very engaging. Yeah, I really appreciate you bringing this up because I think we, as platforms, as broadcast platforms, there's a duty to basically try and shake people a little bit and just be like, hey, maybe put me down. Like, put this down for a second and stretch. When was the last time you drank water? When was the last time you stood up? When was the last time you you took, you know, five deep breaths? Like, there, yeah. we are addicted to our technology. If I am, you know, my email, uh, the scroll, the algorithm, it just, I, I know what that dopamine feels like in my brain. And so I really appreciate it when people... Uh, are responsible with their platform and they're they're trying to get people out in front of other people connecting with other people not just on the device so i think it's a really important piece to think about and it's you know there's nothing wrong it doesn't matter what your niche is. Your niche could be video gaming. I still think that we are human beings in these bodies and these bodies need uh, movement and they need fresh air and being hunched over in front of a computer or a device uh, and disconnected from our family and our friends, like you were mentioning, not having these deeper conversations. I think it is an expensive price to pay. And I think we don't have to give up technology. We just need to increase our discipline with it, which, you know, it's not an easy task, but it's simple. Is there any simple wellness, uh, digital wellness uh, tips you could give my listeners? Yeah, there's a wide variety of different ones out there. And it's it's funny with really working in this space. I 
run into a similar issue being an actor of, okay, I, I need to practice digital wellness. I need to be mindful how I'm using technology. Oh, but I also have to promote my work. So it's always this balancing act. And what I really encourage our listeners out there to do is to really find practices that work well for you. And there's a variety of different ones out there. One of the biggest ones that I'd advocate for is exercising. And really what that is, is it's taking time for yourself. It's really taking time to take care of your body and to make yourself a priority. Because in any field of work, and especially in podcasting too, putting a podcast together is a lot of work. And so you want to make sure that you are taking care of yourself, that you are really fueling yourself to be able to be present and to be able to listen when those times come. A lot of people in the digital wellness industry talk about mindfulness a lot and and meditation. And that is something I'd also very much recommend. It's very easy to get lost in the noise of social media and technology that if we give ourselves, even if it's just five or 10 minutes a day to just check in with ourselves and to have that presence, it really could set us up well for the day. And so another thing is, is writing is journaling or, or writing your goals down, perhaps reading something that is inspiring to you. A lot of what I, at least how I see it in the digital wellness space is digital wellness, I think, is a part of self-care. And at the end of the day, I think what is crucial is that you take care of yourself and make sure you get what you want to get done before you enter into this vast array of of technological distraction. I think that if you, so long as you set yourself priorities to be able to say, okay, I'm, I'm going to do this for myself before I check social media, or I'm going to do this before I log into my email. I think so long as you do all of that, then you're setting yourself up for success. So with that said, I think that practices for digital wellness can go a lot of times pair nicely with self-care. That's how I see it. And that's what works for me. Now, there's a lot of people out there who have actually designed technology that impacts your phone to make it less tempting to, to go to. So whether it's creating a grayscale on your phone so that those beautiful colors are less enticing. There's a a product that just launched recently actually called Unplug, where you plug in this very little, it almost looks like a little chip into your phone and it wipes away a lot of the apps that are very distracting and very enticing. So there's a lot of also... Uh, design practices that are in place as well. And for any of you listeners out there who are interested in digital wellness, I highly recommend checking out uh, digitalwellnesscollective.com. There's a wide variety of different resources on there when it comes to digital wellness. There's also the Center for Humane Technology, who are the people who put together the documentary, The Social Dilemma. They have a lot of great resources on there as well. As I see it, it's a combination of both designing technology that is going to be 
for the human as opposed to exploiting the human, and then also implementing self-care into your digital habits. Absolutely. Great feedback, great ideas. Uh, I'll put those links in the show notes as well so people can grab those resources. Um, as we wind down towards the end of the this episode, uh, is there any last minute kind of tangible podcast specific tips that you you would give? You know, it could be anything as as straightforward as like intro outro ideas, or it could be about growing the audience or anything from your launch process, just anything for the newer podcaster to consider uh, to improve their show. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I I like getting into the tangible stuff because so much of my work is about like soft skills and and you know empathy, relationships, things like that. Probably the biggest tangible skill that I would advise all podcasters is that if you can't schedule things out to record episodes ahead of time, record a batch of episodes ahead of time, and then schedule them out for release, whether it's the following month or, or where, whenever it may be, to follow a specific timeline. I, I don't need to tell you this, Kaylee, but for those listeners who are tuning in who might be new, podcasting, it's incredibly important to be consistent because that's what's going to draw an audience. That's what's going to keep your audience coming back, whether you have five or 10 people listening to the podcast or hundreds of thousands. And so it's important to create a routine and a schedule for yourself so that you stay on top of episodes being released. And I found the best way for me is to record episodes ahead of time in bunches and then schedule them all out for the following month because it can become very stressful and very difficult if you are recording an episode and then you're on a schedule where you have to release the episode the next day or in two days. And in that sort of setting, it can be very easy to fall behind and make it more stressful on yourself than it needs to be. And if it becomes too stressful, it's going to be much more difficult to stick with. So there's a lot of great tangible tips and information out there. I know that Kaylee with Podcast Farm, you you provide a lot of this information as well. And so I'd recommend our listeners to check that out because there's a lot of great resources. But for, for me, that would be the biggest tangible skill set is to schedule things out to plan ahead of time and to be ahead of the curve with regards to releasing your podcast episodes. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. That's a great tip. And uh, I think to your point, it it allows you the bandwidth to focus on the promotion of the of the episodes yes. rather than yes. just scheduling guest interviews, getting the set right or, you know, turning on your equipment editing, all that stuff. It takes so much time. So I I highly, highly recommend that method as well. If you can record a bunch of episodes at once, that's a great, great thing for the listeners to take away. Patrick, it's been amazing chatting with you and there's, you know, there's so much to dive into. How can the listeners find you and, and if they wanted to work with you, if they wanted to learn more about you, what's the best place for that? Yeah, absolutely. So to find out about me personally, I I would go to patrick-mcandrew.com. I'm also on Instagram at patrick-mcandrew, just that it. And if you want to learn more about uh, the podcast and about some of the specifically podcast services that I offer, you could go to relatepodcastproductions.com 
or go to Instagram at Relate Podcast. Awesome. Thank you so much for that. And thanks again for your time. I encourage everyone to go check out your podcast and check out your your site and uh, check out what you're doing because you're up to some really positive, beneficial stuff. So I, I thank you for your work, Patrick. Yeah, thanks so much for having me here. It's been great. It's been awesome. All right, see you next time. All right, everyone. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of Beyond Air. I hope you enjoyed it and are now one step closer to turning on your microphone and broadcasting your message to the world. I'd love to hear from you. Let me know how I can help you on your broadcasting journey by getting in touch with me and maybe even apply for a strategy session if you want to discuss your podcast idea. You can reach me at www.podcast-farm.com. Until next time, my friends, I'm Kaylee Marks, and thanks for tuning in to Be On Air.